0: This is The After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Hey, Kim.
1: Uh, hi.
0: Welcome to Monday.
1: Good afternoon to you. How's it going over there?
0: I'm good. There's some construction going on outside. It's like um, across the street. There's like um, this old house type operation oh. <laughs> where they're jacking an entire house up and adding a garage oh my so let me know if you hear anything and i'll um good I'll afternoon archie how you
1: doing buddy he's right oh, behind you, you yeah
0: archie's making his cameo crawling
1: around back there it's all right he's making a cameo appearance yeah welcome to the after party live where usually we lighten things up a little bit but not always you know, not always Whose job and is it
0: this week? this week to be debbie downer me is it you? It's i mine. think it's you yeah
1: yeah it is well you know we had a death and I think it's important to mention it, if only because we haven't really talked about it that much. But we have uh Suzanne Summers who passed away. And I don't oh, know about yeah. you, but she was kind of a not a big part of my childhood, but in the background of my childhood. I used to love Three's Company and watch the reruns and yeah. I don't know, I'm sad to see her go, you know.
0: I only knew her from Three's Company, obviously in a rerun and um yeah. and from the infomercials. And from being on, like, Larry King. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a sad situation. She'd been fighting breast cancer since 2000. So... Oh, she was
0: also the mom on, was it Step by Step, step on ABC? Step by Step. Yeah, yeah I, I never watched
1: that show. Did you used to watch that show?
0: Yeah, that was, like, high school. So I think um, all the, the Friday night stuff, you know, Perfect Strangers. Yeah. That was a great show.
1: Yeah, I'm sad to see her go. And you know what the one thing about her life... That I've I've been reading about her um, and, you know, how she lived and what happened to her. And the one thing I can say is that she had a major, major love affair in her life. Her husband, they dated for 10 years and they got married, I think it was 1977. And boy, did they have something special, right? I mean, something that people try for dream about their whole life and if everything that they're saying is right it really looks like i mean they had it all they really did she married her husband alan after dating him for 10 years and they were on a they were on a game show together which made me think of mark that's funny and Mm. he was a game show host and she was one of the you know the kind of spokesmodels on the game show right Oh, okay. And so they have this intense attraction for each other. They have this relationship. They have this they came each came from a, a different marriage. So they brought children to the marriage from different marriages. And they made this life together and they've been married since the late 70s. And he was by her side. They never spent a night apart from the time they got married to now or to last night. Today is Suzanne Summer's 77th birthday. She died a day before it. And the day before that, her husband gave her this love letter in which he talks about what is love. And he talks about all different types of love. And then he talks about her. God, it makes me tear up even saying it. He talks about her and he talks about how the normal word love, like when you sign a letter, love so and so, or you tell someone, a friend, which I try to tell you all the time. And then it makes you nervous when I'm like, I love you, John Daly. You're like, yeah, uh uh-huh, bye. Um, But when you tell a a friend (laughs) that you love them, because you do love your friends and you do love love your people. I don't just love you, man. Like, I love you, love you. Right. There's like, I love chocolate. It's like, but you, you and then people will say, well, you never told that person how you felt before you let them go. And so it's more than just loving a chocolate. Like, you really love the person, not a romantic love, but you have love for them. Right. Right. Well, he says none of those things are applicable to how he felt about her. And how what they had was so much bigger than that. And there's no real word to describe it. And it was just this beautiful love letter that he wrote her. She read it and then she went to sleep and then she passed away. It's almost one of these things where you need to hear those things and hear that everything is going to be... Okay. okay, or you have yeah. these moments where you you know the love as expressed, and the, all the things that needed to be said were said before you go, and yeah. so then she died, and and then you know now today's her birthday. So, I just one of the things I'm happy about in her life is that she had that kind of big love.
0: That's very cool. There, my yeah. when my my dad passed away, um, it was a Sunday morning, and. You know, my sister and I and my mom are all there. And you know, I said, "I'm really proud to be your son." Oh. And and he, we 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 realized we needed to call his brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. they all came and visited. And he he held out until his brother came from the Sierra Nevada foothills and visited. And um and then it was like 15 minutes after they left. So it's sometimes, there is a, I think people yeah. have the ability to hold out sometimes.
1: Sometimes you need those last moments. You know, yeah. you know they're coming. You need to say what needs to be said. No, it doesn't always happen like that, but when it yeah. does, wow! So yeah, the <laughs> way to bring down the party, Kim. Thanks, woohoo! <laughs> but Suzanne <laughs> Summers has passed away at the age of seventy-six. Yeah, she wasn't I that old. She, sh- she had yeah. uh, cancer
0: upon cancer, right? Skin cancer and then uh, breast cancer, yeah. and the breast cancer came back.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I can't wait s- until we have the technology where you, they'll just like Star Trek, be able to scan you and Stop then it. you know f- figure it out like oh, really look, you early. You have this little bat thing, you, yeah, oh. like a cot. Like a mm-hmm. cold, and like just yeah. be able to scan it and get rid of it. Can't the, wait the for that. The problem
1: is what comes with that technology. It's like the good and the bad, right? I don't know.
0: Let people die of old age. I think that's good yeah. enough. Today um, is speaking of, na- uh, National Bosses Day. <laughs> speaking of Dampy <Debbie> Downers, <laughs> bosses. Well, <laughs> bosses. and I put in the show description.
1: So maybe you guys have a story. I asked for good boss stories, right? Oh. So if you have Those a do story. Exist? A good boss story. Yes, they do. Oh. Then you can share it with us. Um, <laughs> the, how to Observe National Bosses Day. Do you want to read that part?
0: <laughs> yeah, but first, flow. With a, a $10 super oh, sticker. Flo, thank you, Flo. Thank you. That's appreciate so
1: it. nice. I appreciate that. Really kind. Thank you for that. The super chat's open, by the way. And you'll find our, our PayPal email at the bottom of our show description here on YouTube. So if that's something you're interested in. Sorry, doing. I was
0: distracted by Flo's generosity. What did you want me to do? Uh,
1: to How to observe National Bosses Day.
0: Oh, this is a good question. Um, I don't usually. <laughs> but if you want to, <laughs> you can give your boss the day off with a game of... Golf? We didn't oh. have to do that because our boss, our boss at our previous job just took was playing golf, golf.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like
0: most of the time. Uh Host a potluck uh with your boss's favorite foods. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I can get down with this. Have everyone in the office sign a card of appreciation. Okay, I can, I can <laughs> Another do Another one of those cards. I, you just yeah, have I'm a not, pack I'm of not, cards
1: that came around every month.
0: I'm, I'm not cooking. Um Invite customers or clients to share memories of your boss. Okay, that's like a funeral. This really depends on like what yeah. kind of job you have and what kind of industry. Uh, create a t- we're not inviting uh, you know, a <laughs> market volatility <laughs> guy over for uh, potluck. Uh, create a timeline of your boss's accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why this is making me laugh. Um, give them a shout out using the hashtag boss day uh, uh, hashtag to post on social media. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, why don't you just say happy boss's day?
1: Yeah, happy boss's day. I think, that's happy day. Here's I a think you do enough. Especially Cup in your coffee. case, I think you do enough for your
0: boss. <laughs> I don't think you need to do I don't anymore. know. I
1: don't know. But happy bosses day to everybody. I'll look in the chat really quickly. If anybody yeah. has a boss story to share, um, not seeing any boss good boss stories. There's no good what boss stories. What does that say? It's
0: fake. Oh. It's fake news. You're trying to push no. this fake thing. Happy boss stories?
1: No. I did have I've never a really. A, a I had two really schmoozer. good bosses.
0: Um, at mm. my first tour of duty at KGO. Uh, when I worked in the promotions department, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Karen, you're making me slightly ill.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, Sue Muzzin was the director of um, marketing at KGO, and Anthony Lachardi uh, was kind of like the number two person. And those were the best bosses I think I've ever had in my life, where it was as long as you do. Uh, you know, you work hard and you get things done, mm-hmm. you know, you used to put on events like you go before the Cal football game and set up the tent and give out bobbleheads and do that kind of thing. As long yeah. as you were self-sufficient and took care of things, they would always support you and have your back and throw you free stuff and show that they appreciate you. And I think feeling appreciated and uh, having the difficulty of your work acknowledged and not brushed over, yeah. I think that's an important quality for a boss to have. And, I used uh, to, to this organize... day, she, she's she's in charge of Pier 39's marketing. And um, yeah. every time I see her, I remind her she's still number one. Awesome. And Anthony, they're kind of tied. Uh, I one.
1: used to organize the boss's Day potluck, but since COVID and work from home, no more potlucks. Yeah. I think the best kind of boss as a col- in my um line of work has always been the collaborative boss right where they hear your ideas and they don't just slam down and say no this is the way we're doing it where they actually seek out your opinion and they care about what you have to say otherwise why would they have hired you in the first place
0: right it really depends on the situation you're in i've worked in jobs where you know it was government or it was um uh, academia and those middle managers just want to uh keep the peace and so they don't necessarily want to improve the situation always. They just kind of want to keep things status quo. So it really depends on the situation. Like if you can actually build towards improving something or if you're just kind of like dealing with a boss who's just kind of floating there, right? Yeah, I think that's that's realistic, right? That that happens to a lot of people. You know?
1: Flo says, my great boss, head of school, and our great principal had great leadership and caring and carrying our school through COVID, keeping us safe, employed, and able to deliver very good instruction. Cheers. That's awesome. And the lady uh, Pauline- Beatrice... Oh, sorry. Pauline writes, my boss took me to Giants games. I was so bummed when he retired.
0: And the lady Beatrice, I don't have a boss, but I do have a cat. Does that count? Yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It does count. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take the the cat. That's true. Speaking of of animals, let's talk about this bear.
0: Yeah, there was a bear that we love our bear stories, right? So I had to create Mm, another video called Bear. (laughs) A bear breaks into a Connecticut home, steals lasagna from the freezer. Um, Part of me was thinking maybe the bears breaking in and and getting food thing was getting old. But what do you think?
1: Mm -mm, Never too old. No. Security
0: cameras were rolling at a Connecticut home when a bear wandered inside, stole some lasagna from a freezer, and climbed out a window. I think it's best uh, uh, explained by this uh, ring cam footage. You ready for it? Yes. Let's take a look. So there we see him kind of just casually exploring the middle of the house here and he's going from room to room
1: i hear a dog barking that's a nice kitchen
0: yeah and he's like oh oh i see a smell of refrigerator yeah oh 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 <laughs> easy accessible freezer yeah oh there he goes right into the freezer that's a very, uh, looks pretty good yeah yeah that's like the perfect freezer for a bear to open he's totally. like nice little handle there and let's just take this lasagna to go. <laughs> A little step, little stepping stone. And we'll just go out this out. open window. That's convenient. <laughs> Here's my thing. If there are bears in your area, probably don't leave your windows open when you're not home. Yeah. Yeah, and you might want to double think that when you're home as well, right?
1: Wow. Yeah, the that was an easy... Of easy egress for him yeah easy escape mm-hmm. there
0: um so did
1: he i wonder did he push out the screen or was it no just it looked an, a like win- it was just open it open. was like it, sw- yeah. it swung
0: open there see
1: i wonder how yeah. long it took them to realize that um the freezer was hanging open
0: yeah there you see him on as he exits the rear of the house
1: thanks for the lasagna
0: yeah that was a kind of an easy uh in and I'll out la pasta pair. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like, I didn't even have to put any work into this one. He's like lasagna, ready to go. Um He's pretty yeah.
1: smart using that the freezer as a step to get up to the window.
0: Yeah. Um mm. the woman uh who owns the house, Helena. Uh, uh, Hollis of uh, Barkhamstead said she received an alert on her phone that her refrigerator door had been left open. <laughs> well, that's cool. She has the technology. Might want to leave the do window. Do you have that? Plus...
1: I've never gotten no. a, an alert about my freezer door being open.
0: I think Brett Burkhart has that kind of fridge that where it like, tells yeah. you when to refill and yeah. do different things. Um, it led to her <laughs> check the footage of the Ring camera. The cameras <laughs> recorded that bear, obviously. It snatched the lasagna and wandered away um we've seen a lot of bears in the last few years but nothing like this there's never seen anything like this before so
1: here's the problem now the bear knows where the good stuff is
0: yeah Ooh, he, that lasagna. bear's coming
1: back yeah right he's
0: like i know a really great italian restaurant
1: <laughs> now you have to figure out how to secure your freezer
0: yeah or your windows yeah and uh we have a second bear story uh involving a dog
1: this one is so interesting this dog was trapped deep in a cave with a bear for 3 days so dog oh, and bear together yeah um this dog was trapped 40 feet down a narrow opening and came across a bear the rope rescue team had to come out and get this dog to safety The department said the dogs name named Charlie, that's Charlie right there on the right, uh, that he'd been trapped in this cave for three days. They had to lower this rescuer down into the cave, but... The rescuer had to quickly get yanked right back up when they found Charlie was not alone down there. Nope. There was a 200-pound black bear just a few feet away. So the rescuers had to wait until the bear left the area, and then they went back down, and then they brought Charlie to the surface. He was dehydrated and hungry, otherwise uninjured. But you wonder... Maybe bears don't eat dogs, or maybe well, that, Charlie was able to defend him that or her, dog himself. Was,
0: um, it looked yeah. like he was, he was de- obviously dehydrated and tired Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's what lucky he didn't become a, a bear snack.
1: Truth. Wow. Yeah.
0: Who's a good boy? Anyway, yeah. Charlie. Charlie's a good boy.
1: Charlie got rescued, so that's nice. And I love when people... Look how many... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven people on the rope rescue team. They're all out there. Probably an awkward conversation
0: between the bear nice. and the dog. It's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, how's yeah. it going? <laughs> You're stuck in here too?
1: <laughs> so I'm sure you've had a speeding ticket before.
0: Uh, but I have never, I've gotten out of five of them.
1: <gasps> have you ever had a, had a speeding ticket? Speeding ticket?
0: No, oh, I've had other tickets for like yeah. bizarre tickets that I don't feel like I were justified. Or <laughs> at least one. Really? I got a, I got a ticket for a U-turn in the middle of a block. And the was officer it a double it, yellow? No, the, the officer said it would have been valid, except it was technically a commercial district, even though there are mm. no businesses on the block. And that's why he gave me the ticket.
1: Interesting. That doesn't seem right.
0: Because I was starting from a parking spot.
1: My mom's uh, very first ticket was like maybe just a few years ago. And she was in Novato and she made a U-turn and they caught her because it was a double yellow line on the street. So she took a U-turn over a double yellow
0: interesting yeah
1: Yeah. i on the other hand have had many speeding tickets in my life i am Uh, shocked have a tendency to you know push it to the very end and drive a little fast to get
0: where i'm going you mean you wait till the last second and have to show up
1: oh who knew Uh, yeah (laughs) i don't think i'm an unsafe driver but like on the freeway 55 is not my speed you know, yeah.
0: but if you have to qualify that statement with "I don't think I'm an unsafe driver," you're probably not the best <laughs> driver. No offense.
1: Hey, I'm a really safe driver. Just
0: keeping it honest.
1: Ask the fine people of Petaluma; they'll all tell you. Well, this guy got a this man from Georgia. He got a ticket, a speeding ticket. Okay. And he was a little surprised to find out that it was for a 1.4 million dollars. <laughs> what? Oh man, no. this is not a lotto ticket. City officials say the figure is a placeholder, not the actual fine. What do you placeholder. mean it's a placeholder? You no, send me no, a ticket for no. 1.48 mil? <sighs> Connor Catco is his name. He's telling the TV station in Savannah that he received this ticket after getting pulled over in September. He was going 90 in a 55. That's egregious, right? 90 in a 55. He called the court thinking the figure was a typo, but he said he was told he either had to pay it or... Or appear in court in December. <laughs> well, Is it like
0: a um, suggested donation?
1: You know? No. So, of course, he has to go then, right? Um, Savannah officials say anyone caught driving more than 35 miles above the speed limit has to appear in court, where then a judge actually determines the fine.
0: That looks th- like a ticket price here in San Francisco with like yeah. the add-on surcharge, the sure. overage fee, right. uh, shipping, handling, delivery.
1: Right, that's yeah, San Francisco ticket. The figure Cato received reflected a placeholder that was automatically generated by eCitation software. Thanks, AI, used by the local recorder's court. A spokesman for Savannah's city government says the actual fine cannot exceed $1,000 in addition to state mandated costs. They said we do not issue that placeholder as a threat to scare anybody into court, even if this person heard differently from someone in our organization. <laughs> oh, that's just to scare you. Make sure you show up. He said the court is currently working on adjusting the placeholder language to oh, avoid think? any confusion. That's a First little of confusing.
0: All, it should. They can obviously they can change it so that it shows like maybe the maximum that they were talking about. What did mm. they say It was one thousand? And yeah. they have an asterisk, and then under the asterisk, like at the, at the bottom there by the line, it says the asterisk and says like you know it will be set by the judge. Right? Easy right. fix.
1: Yeah. I mean, how is how hard is it to be clear with your communication? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, that Uh, would freak me out. If that came in the mail, that would freak me out. You want me to do what?
0: Another lighthearted story here. Um, This one is another video. 12,952 cereal boxes (laughs) have been toppled like dominoes in Detroit. A nonprofit set up 12,952 cereal boxes. And toppled oh. them uh, to break a Guinness World Record. Now we're um, we're going to be careful here, and because we don't want to we don't want to so mess funny. with the Guinness World Record people. But I think no. we can get away with this video. Um, Move for Hunger attempted the feat Thursday at the Henry Ford Detroit Pistons Performance Center, aiming to break a record of six thousand three hundred ninety-one, which was set by Long Beach Middle School in New York in twenty twenty-one. Uh, the cereal box uh, Domino chain was set off by Kellogg's mascot Tony the Tiger. So let's check mm-hmm. this out. This is. Uh, this is the attempt to break the world record. This national nonprofit, Move for Hunger, broke the Guinness World Record for most cereal boxes toppled in a domino fashion at the Henry Ford Detroit Pistons Performance Center, where Ronnie just was. Officials with the Pistons say it was about much more than breaking that record. It also raised awareness about the dangers of food insecurity and food waste in the U.S. You know what I like about this one is they're not wasting the food.
1: No, you can give it away afterward. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Instead of that's it That's always fun. What are those videos called where there's like a ball that hits a fan that hits a this, that hits oh, that like the a that? Oh, like a Rube Goldberg Rube machine. Well, I love those videos. They, they're so mesmerizing. There's some good ones out there. Uh, can we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> this
0: story. There's so many good stories that I, I just kind of cram them all to, in. I have
1: from my heart, I have to thank you for this story. John Daly found this story. You're welcome. A- and I love it. Because maybe I'm being exploitative, right? This yeah, sexy this calendar one's a, this of homeless one's a thinker. men. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. a thinker. So this is a calendar. It's of um hot homeless dudes, I guess. And the question is, hello, you're a little dirty, but you're looking good. Is it exploitative or is it empowering? Right? And so I guess the question is, what do you think of raising money? Or making a, a calendar featuring homeless guys. I mean, if if they're getting paid to make it, or if it's a, a a fundraiser that benefits some type of homeless, you know, shelter or something like that, then what's wrong with that, right? I, I don't know. So the photo shoot is part of the local homeless aid outfit called Sexy Nomad and then the group is called nomads alliance this 12 month spread of unsheltered men in seductive centerfold poses and pouts they um this will be their third calendar that they've done of homeless men and they say it's an uplifting experience for the men who participate, that it's a way to humanize this group that's often ignored or shunned. Some people don't see it that way, though. They say, no, nope, it's exploita- ex- exploitative, and, uh, you know, basically using them as a means to an end. So there was a nomad volunteer, this is the group that makes the calendar, that had, um, that filed a complaint over the treatment of a family who said they felt pressured to pose for this calendar. Yeah, I don't know the the. There's one quote in the article: "All publicity is good publicity." Trying to highlight the beauty and humanity of these people after maybe they've been demeaned and ignored and treated as invisible. The calendar does help attract attention and grants to the organization, um, as well as resources badly needed at a time when Utah's newly homeless population has jumped by ten percent right? And their overall unsheltered community is uh, has jumped by 55%. So I guess that's good in in a way. I don't mind this. I mean, I think if they want to participate, if they haven't been pressured, and they feel like it's something they want to do to help their community, great. Why not?
0: Yeah. I mean, in the story, they do say that some of them took some convincing. So I think some of them probably did feel pressured, but also... You're, it's it, it's it's kind of like when you have the dynamic of the boss and the employee, you know like well, the employee said yes, well, but you're you've got a power dynamic there, right and yeah. these people are ne- in most cases very desperate um yeah. for anything, and so I don't know I mean, I let's guess it would talk, really depend let's... on whether they not they really were consenting and didn't feel pressured to do it yeah. um, or so or were desperate for uh, did, did they say they were paying them right?
1: I don't know if they're paying them. Does it say they're paying them? Well, they're selling them
0: for $40 per calendar. I would hope they're getting something out of this.
1: I think it's for the shelter. I think it's for the group.
0: Yeah, since they're not benefiting directly, I think I have a problem with this. Yeah. Because they're they're making money off of it, and it's like, I don't know. Just seems kind of icky, like unnecessary and icky.
1: Sometimes stepping in front of a camera, what they say is that you can realize that then you have power and you can feel seen and feel more important, and so that it's it's an emotionally empowering thing. Um, a lot of them got, uh, shaved, haircuts and shaves, right? And so they were given beautification treatments. But that's nothing. Treatments. If you're, I
0: mean, I I know yeah. a, a hairstylists here in my area who. Takes care of homeless people in house right. for a long time, but yeah. they're making money off of that. So Eckelberg says yes. at Point John, the power dynamic is very strong. They're being exploited. Uh, Mindy also says exploitation. Mindy says uh, also give them a real job. Um, I just I don't I don't know. I don't. Uh, Lori saying it feels creepy, but consenting adults Does as long as they're getting paid. See, they're not getting paid yeah, or job selling paid. it. I think they would have to be given a portion of the pro- proceeds or been able to sell them themselves. You know on the yeah. street or something like that if they're not directly benefiting from them it just it, it feels icky to me and it feels exploitative
1: mm. yeah because
0: they're not in a position to like really say no if they really if they're desperate and, they, and there's other ways to help people without exploiting yeah. them
1: well there goes your homeless sexy calendar way to <laughs> that's poke just a hole my in that opinion. One for me that's just like my <laughs> opinion man
0: you can have your own uh-huh.
1: Um. Yeah. So after the people complained, by the way, they put up a GoFundMe and they raised thirty thousand dollars for this family. the The group that makes the the calendar did that. But yeah, it doesn't look like they're getting paid for being in the ca- in the thing. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> from one strange story to another strange story. Yeah. There's a woman. Uh, this is from the UK. Uh, she she's she's been wanting to you know have the perfect marriage or the perfect wedding ceremony for a very long time. So Sometimes she's been saving up for- Sometimes
1: dream tw- of it. Sometimes you She's been saving just, up for like yeah. 20
0: years, right? She's 42. Uh, her name is Sarah Wilkinson. Wilkinson. She decided to hold a wedding ceremony conducted by her celebrant friend at Harvest House in Felixstowe, Suffolk. Uh, the credit controller said the occasion was a natural progression after she treated herself to an engagement ring. Uh, quote, <laughs> it was a lovely day for me to be the center of attention uh i don't know the ceremony Wait, so she, was it?
1: there's no there's no other spouse there's no wife no, or, or, she or, or, married or husband herself. um
0: yeah. i want i don't want to say this is sad that's not legal though she's not a legal contract. no i mean this yeah. is like but it just i mean i guess what are you gonna do default on yourself partially yeah. sad partially narcissistic partially, like i i get the 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 idea of you know not needing to marry somebody But there's other things you can do. This just seems a little kind of sad to me. I think you get to the point where you think I might not have this with a partner by my side, but why should I miss out? Um, That Mm -hmm. money was reserved for my wedding. Uh, It was a case of if it's there, why not use it for something? I think in my case, I would have done something different. I would have done some kind of party, you know, or a singles party. I would have taken a trip
1: gone Yeah, or with your, with your
0: friends bring your friends and go on a cruise or whatever but this just seems very kind of
1: like if i can't have uh, this this wedding that i've always dreamed of i can have this right for myself yeah. is it bad What's that i think it's a little it? pathetic no it like, isn't i don't want to be
0: mean it just it looks really pathetic
1: it takes the well okay let me just play devil's advocate then because okay. on one point i agree because it's it's it is the point of a wedding is a union of two people right yeah on the other hand is it empowering for her to say, listen, maybe I didn't find the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? But that doesn't mean that I don't get to have the white dress. And it doesn't mean that I don't get to have the big party and all the flowers and be the center of attention and do this whole thing. I would I would say probably would have been a better thing if maybe on a big birthday, like your fortieth birthday or your 50th birthday, you threw a yeah. massive party yeah, and did what it Natalie that way. Was suggesting. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yes, Natalie, we're on the same page. Or, you know, you go on a trip around the world. You've saved all this money. Give yourself that experience and give yourself that gift. But if this is what she's always wanted, and if this is the way that she wants to spend that money, more power to her. Maybe, you know, it's empowering. Yeah, now you're on your own honeymoon. That I can get behind.
0: Yeah, in Paris. Uh, Karen says the point of a wedding is to bring two people together. This should have just been a big party, not technically a wedding
1: and um, i think it it was but she just technically had the you know yeah i mean you can ceremony do and everything right
0: like lady beatrice saying self-care is never a waste of money mm-hmm. it's just that in this case i don't know it just it's it, it's it's not a wedding so it just kind of comes off as i don't want to say pathetic it just it is sad i guess it's the nicest way to put it it just seems well sad. do you
1: feel the same way about women that have never found the partner that they want um Say they're straight women, right? They've never found the male partner that they want, and but they've always wanted children. So they just go get a sperm donor, or they just go do whatever. I mean, is it is it the same thing? No, where not at all. You I need mean, that other person to do you don't that need thing. Another
0: person. It's just no. that you're putting yourself in what would be a celebration of bringing two people together, and it's not. It just it seems kind of creepy. It seems kind of sad. It seems a little narcissistic. Like you, I would have wanted to bring, bring together my friends or, you know, or whoever my right. family is or my de facto family and, and, and celebrate with them. But to put the spotlight on yourself, it's like, I'm already not a huge like weddings person. I just, right. it's not, not, not very interesting to me. seems kind of, I mean, it's, if you like it and it's what you want, you know, good for I you. I do like there's...
1: a good wedding. I do like a good celebration of love.
0: Right. But you don't have that. to have a wedding to do that. So I don't know. I just no. think that the fact that she's all dolled up and the, the flowers and everything it just kind of seems sad. It seems like the, the somebody's showing up to a dance by themselves and like I don't know. it just <laughs> I'm just being real here. I know like it's just it just seems sad.
1: On the other hand, now she can say, I had the wedding I wanted. I did not let anything stop me from doing what I wanted to do. Even if I didn't meet the person that I wanted to be with, I didn't let life stop me. Yeah, I did, her I wedding think.
0: planner said, of course, because she was being paid.
1: <laughs> as much as it was about
0: Sarah, it was also about bringing everyone together. And like we said, I, you could have done, you could have just had a party. I don't know. Anyway.
1: She said it was a lovely day for me to be me to be the center of attention. It wasn't an official wedding, but I had my wedding day. She said, I think you get to the point where you think I might not have had this with a partner by my side, but why should I miss out? The money was reserved for my wedding. It was a case of it's there. Why not use it for something I want to do? I like the
0: idea, so. I just don't like the execution. Um, mm. But that being said, it's probably time for a break.
1: Oh, already? Yeah. Come on. It's this 31 place, minutes passed. This, par- this party whips right by. All right, let's go get our break, and then we'll come right back. We'll do a little bit of entertainment news, because okay. n- there's Netflix planning to do something pretty interesting, I think. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Michael Caine and how we might not be seeing him on the big screen anymore. All of that when The After Party Live continues.
0: The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute 10 15 or $20 a month, it would keep this party a-rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration.
1: Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live! aloha indeed thank you for hanging with us on the after party live (laughs) thank you to flo for your super sticker you are so appreciated my friend also thank you to new contributor elizabeth r and ongoing contributors Donald, donald s rachel c laura w sarah k allison a and harry m Wow. From the bottom thank of so my much. heart, just huge, huge thank you to you guys for helping us lift this show up.
0: Yeah. We don't want to constantly yeah. pitch for funds, but without mm-hmm. it, we can't do the show. So we're trying to keep yeah. it to a minimum, and I, I think everybody appreciates that, right? Because yeah. we don't like yeah. commercial breaks.
1: Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about Netflix. Netflix is Speaking planning to open. Money,
0: people who want money. <laughs> More of your money.
1: They want to open brick-and-mortar stores. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. From the Would Do you... We Really
0: Need This department?
1: I don't think so. Why do you need to go to a store if you're streaming everything? But, you know, they recently closed down their whole mail-order DVD service where you could send away for discs or whatever it was. I almost forgot that that was a thing. I did too. Um, That led to the closure of video stores around the world because I guess there were a lot of video stores still dealing with all this. And the company appears to be now going back to the whole brick-and-mortar thing. According to a Bloomberg report. Uh, quoting the Netflix vice president of consumer products, Netflix aims to open a network of stores offering retail, dining, and live entertainment that leverages its TV shows and movies. So what? Live entertainment like b- a band or a play or I don't know what, what they're doing. But Actors yeah, on strike outside? I don't know. Uh, but it'd be a store. So you could buy stuff there like maybe movie Type of gear, um, and then you could have dinner, and then you could see a band. Netflix is not announcing yet what it will be selling at the location. It's unclear if the DVDs or any type of physical media will be part of the inventory. But they plan to open the first two Netflix House locations in unannounced cities in the U.S. in 2025, and then expand <laughs> we it. We don't know what we're selling. Major we
0: don't know where it or where it's going to be. We just we know, know that we need more money. That's the only thing we're clear on.
1: This is an interesting idea. We're going to do this, and we're not sure. So stay tuned for details. There's this
0: thing. It's going to be in some place, and it involves you giving us more money, but we don't know what it is yet. Uh, So
1: Disney has retail stores, right? But there's Disney stuff to sell. Yeah. Maybe, I guess there's Netflix movies to sell, but it's not the same thing. So it would be weird, right? Yeah, unless it's um,
0: swag from the shows you know uh, the big netflix shows maybe
1: What are the big netflix shows that you would want to buy swag from?
0: That's a good question. I don't really pay attention.
1: No. I'm not, I mean, not
0: there. I'm not their demographic.
1: So maybe you would buy I I can think of some shows. Like maybe there are people that would buy Game of Thrones items, That's right? That's HBO Max. Yes. Right? Uh or there's um different shows that are like that were hugely popular, but I can't think of any that were maybe hugely popular netflix shows. Yeah. Were there the fact that know. we're
0: struggling to think of, you know, Netflix specific shows. I, I just don't. uh, Yeah. Also, did you notice that Um, I think it was Best Buy announced that they're no longer going to sell DVDs?
1: Oh, they're phasing no, them out next that. year. Yeah. You know what Netflix did did have? I think they were Bridgerton. Were they Bridgerton? Probably. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that maybe it's that Um, there's a quote though it says netflix is an ecosystem it opened a merchandise shop a couple years ago it's investing in mobile games it's more than just a place for your remote control to gravitate to at the end of a long day this is a senior media analyst with the an investment advice company talking his name is rick munarez he says the to the motley fool success in the real world through location-based entertainment is the spoils of victory for a leading tastemaker so okay I think Netflix is trying to do what Disney does. Stranger yeah, Things and Wednesday. Laurie's, okay. Yeah, pointing that yeah. Out, yeah. So maybe that's what they're going to sell. Like Wednesday gear and Stranger Things gear. Um,
0: All right. Let me, it's not going to happen for a couple of years. So let me just uh, mark my words. Uh, not going to work. No, <laughs> it's not going to work. Long <laughs> <time>. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, calling only it, doing... I'm calling it right now. Not going to work.
1: It's called the Netflix house. So far, there only there's only going to be two of them. So it'll be easy to close. Hey, Maybe there down. won't even be
0: a Netflix in two years
1: maybe not i i like netflix though i mean
0: well but every everything's being bought yeah. up and you know discovery and warner brothers and all being bought and sold I know and you guys
1: think i'm lame but i like a good rom-com sometimes i'm folding laundry i don't want to be in a deep movie where i have to pay too close to you like attention. cheesy
0: hallmark movies
1: not always. Sometimes I gravitate away <laughs> from the Hallmark movies okay. and more toward another type. But you know, those are painfully.
0: I a lot of those are very painfully cheesy Christmas movies. Some like of them are painful, are
1: painful. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like Speaking, uh, formula upon formula.
1: Oh, talking about movies though, let's talk about Michael Caine because he's done. He's like I had a great career. Oh, oh, he's retiring. Yeah, he's he's not dead, but he is ninety, right? He's won two Academy Awards. He was on the BBC radio and he said, I keep saying I'm going to retire and I am now I'm done. He said the Great Escaper, which was released earlier this month is going to be his last acting gig. He said, I played the lead. It's got incredible reviews. The only parts I'm going to get right now are old men, 90-year-old men, maybe 85, you know? And I thought, well, I might as well leave with all this. I got wonderful reviews. What am I going to do to beat it? So that's it. He's going to retire. So I will miss seeing him on the big screen. What a great actor and what a great career.
0: Yeah, whenever I I see him, I think of Craig Ferguson doing his impression Of Michael Caine, which is always really funny. And if you haven't (laughs) seen, if you never saw the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, just Google Michael Caine at Craig Ferguson. It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. I don't mind when actors, um, you know, or or older actors take these parts that maybe they they were the leading man in their younger days. And then all of a sudden they do a cameo and they're someone's grandpa. Right. And it's just good to see them again. Like you've, right. there's a feeling you get when you see a certain actor and you're like, oh, yes, that's wonderful. And you know, if Michael Caine's in the movie, it's probably going to be a pretty good movie. So even if he's, you know, plays the grandpa in three scenes, it's still, I don't know, but I guess he doesn't want to do that. So,
0: well, I mean, cameos yeah. is a different thing than actually having to commit to like a schedule. Cause when they do like, right. especially like television, it's like 10, 12 hours are work till three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah. And uh, he's nice. Just ask Mark Thompson. Like, it's just relax. so draining.
0: <laughs> it's so draining to be popular to be in the harry, key
1: standings. you're so awesome thank you for the five dollars thank you for a great program he writes here's something for a john collins harry you're awesome thank you for the super sticker what a lovely thing it, we don't get them very often so when we get a super sticker we're like doing back backflips over here we're so overjoyed
0: yeah Sea uh, dog
1: cool. in my defense loves the Hallmark movies. <laughs> Aloha. Okay. Uh, sounds smart to me yeah Karen Cooper says I think Michael Caine said earlier in his life he was afraid to turn down roles because he might not get another and mm. Karen writes older actors bring a lot of gravitas to a movie I will miss him I'll miss yeah, him too yeah he comes from
0: um, like a mm-hmm. very low income um childhood like in the south of London like really rough oh. neighborhood yeah like really rough so I think he I just always, he probably just had that that, that psyche of like I, I have to keep going. gotta make you. money gotta work gotta yeah, work
1: yeah, yeah. 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 He was knighted in 2000. That's how successful. Oh, cool. He was made commander of the order of the British Empire in 1993 and knighted in 2000. So you that's think you like cool. just
0: carry that around to like get into places. <laughs> You're like, I don't know if you know Sir who this Michael is. Michael Caine. That's right. This is right. the commander. Um, we've covered a lot of AI stories and I see that you have another one.
1: Oh, I built this. I did this one. This is so interesting. This is from popular science. And I, so this is a story about kind of evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And how slow it's happened for humanity and for most species. Slower evolution in certain is this, regions. Yeah. Well, evolution is this, you know. T- over time, things change so slowly, and we adapt and we change. And the you know if the changes are successful and make those people that have had the change survive, then then those are the more successful at giving birth and surviving everything. So it's, it's it's a long, slow thing. Well, no. Now they put the question to AI, and AI took all the uh, the you know the possibilities of evolution and Mm -hmm. squished it down just into a few seconds. What they wanted to um, ask the AI to do was to make a seemingly straightforward prompt. Here was, design a robot capable of walking across a flat surface. That's all they asked it to do. Although they say the program delivered original working examples within literally within seconds, the new robots look nothing like any animal that has ever walked the earth. And so this purple that you see here, multi-legged blob, can walk across the surface really fast. It's got like
0: they kind of look like little hippos to me.
1: It's got three legs. You can or, see there, it's got a, like a middle leg. It's only three. Or a rhino,
0: the one on the right. The blue one right rhino. Like rhino.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but it walks fast. Um, apparently.
0: <laughs> so these are mechanical because they look like soap. They, look they like do look cutouts. like little
1: bars of soap, but no, they're little AI walking robots is what they are.
0: And some it of them said, have like antenna.
1: It's interesting, they say, because we didn't tell the AI the robot should have legs. It. They just said they wanted it to walk across a table. That could be by, you know, it could have been hands and feet. It could have been feet. It could have been these weird leg things. It could have been, you know, I don't like spider legs. Could have been a million ways. It said it rediscovered that legs are a good way to move around on land. Legged locomotion is, in fact, the most efficient form of terrestrial movement. If all this weren't impressive enough, says this article in pop science, the process dubbed instant evolution, all took place on a lightweight personal computer, not a massive energy intensive supercomputer. So previous AI generated evolutionary bot designs could take weeks of trial and error using high powered computer systems. But that did not happen in this case. So They say if combined with automated fabrication and scaled up to more challenging tasks, this advance promises near instantaneous design, manufacture, and deployment of unique, useful machines for medical, environmental, vehicular, and space-based tasks. When people look at this robot, they might see a useless gadget. But he says, uh, one of the organizers of this says, I see the birth of a brand new organism. Now, that might be kind of creepy. What kind of organism? What does it think for itself when it moves on these three legs? What are we designing here? Very interesting. So, yeah, just thought that was... It they was remind int- me of the
0: um, Pinewood Derby and uh, Cub Scouts where, you you know, it's like <laughs> the, you make your little race car and you start with like a block of wood. And um, those of us who kind of not did it last minute, but didn't, you know, have a lot of creativity... Um, didn't really make a lot of cuts to the wood. And this yeah. kind of looks like that. Like, it's a, it's like a square. And the AI is like, ah, I'll take the quick way out and just carve a little here, carve a little there. Unfortunately, um, John was asking if we... He says uh, they, they look solid. I don't see how they walk any video of them walking. We don't have that. Maybe if we can find it in the future. We'll um, air it. I have to be careful um, with the video because we get copyright. Sometimes it's and,
1: music. Yeah, I think we yeah. do have video. But um, check popular science. You might be able to see it. But let me just say this part. And this is what I think is fascinating. After offering their prompt to the AI program, the research simply researchers simply watched it analyze and iterate upon a total of nine designs. And within 26 seconds, the artificial intelligence managed to fast forward past billions of years of natural evolutionary biology to determine legged movement as the most effective method of mobility. From there, the team up uploaded the, imported the final schematics into a 3D printer, which molded this jiggly soap bar look of silicon imbued pneumatically uh, actuated musculature and three legs. And here's how it moves. Repeatedly pumping air in and out of the musculature caused the robot's limbs to expand and contract, causing movement. During testing, the robot could walk half of its upper body length per second, roughly half as fast as the average human stride. Uh, Donald right? saying,
0: I remember the Cub Scout race. I got third place. My dad made the car. Hey. I um... I don't think yeah. I ever, I didn't place at all, but I do remember that my dad made the car. And there's the thing, when the, your kids are like six or seven, they're not building a car. I'm sorry. Right. Like they, it's not the kids, because he had to put yeah. weights in the bottom. You had to have yeah. like a little panel with weights. Under. Hey, Archie. Hey Archie. Um, no, no kid is actually doing all the work. It's, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. Um, but let's uh, keep moving. We have a lot yeah. to get through. Um, this is also an AI story, which is really interesting. Disney, and I'm a big fan of Disney. Are you familiar with this um, Prom Pact movie? It's it's like a rom-com. It arrived on Disney's platform in late March and it debuted to positive reviews and the modest level of fanfare one would expect for a TV film aimed aimed at teenagers. But seven Mm -hmm. months later, it's gone viral for all the wrong Uh reasons. On Thursday, a clip from the film's opening pep rally uh, scene circulated on X, formerly known as Twitter. In a blink, uh, you'll miss this moment. It's an unrealistic looking um, set of digital humans (laughs) cheering in the bleachers. Check this out. I I have a screenshot here are they um, ai
1: oh they're ai yeah, people
0: yeah the right there of the one that uh, has its hands together and the one to its oh, right they're they not cheated. real people um yeah. so they they said that these unrealistic digital humans cheer in the bleachers alongside real background actors the clip has been widely shared and a lot of the sag after actors who are protesting right now are reposting yep. this and saying like look this is what we're talking about so right. it's a struck a chord amid the sag after strike that's shut down hollywood and it's one of the key issues um I don't know. I, you're either
1: a union shop or you're not. Either you're going to pay yeah. people to do the work or you're going to use AI. I I don't well, like the, that. Well, the the
0: reality is a lot of uh, shows, even I was reading um what's that um that that football coach show that's really popular?
1: Mm, All-American?
0: No. Friday Night thought, Friday Night Lights? No, the new one. Uh yeah, somebody in the chat will have it. Um, but anyway, in the, in the bleacher scenes, it's all done with computers. It's not mm-hmm. real. They're not filling up these stadiums, you know, when, in the, when they have all these different scenes of like, you know, spectators in the, in the crowd. So, yeah, they've been using virtual um, uh, Ted Lasso. Thank you, Heather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've been using these techniques for a long time, you know, mostly not through AI, but just visual effects. Right. They have they have digital artists go in and kind of copy and paste Yeah. Um, I was an extra in a movie with my sister, and we were at the Santa Anita uh, racetrack. They shot like they shot us in three different spots, but we were only taking up like a quarter of the seats. And then they just like digitally copy and paste us in the background. So that's been a thing for a long time. But this is interesting. This is kind of like meeting up with the AI problem, and they really need to hash out like what is acceptable and how people are paid.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer because those are jobs that you know.
0: Huh. Especially if somebody's getting paid and then you're scanning them and then like, you know, using their image, that's a different issue. I yeah. think that that's worse than uh, just filling in with the, you know, digital extras. But uh, I thought that was interesting. We have another AI story that you have here. It's kind of taken yeah, over our this world. One,
1: I know this one, though, is a good AI story. Like, I think the the, the three-legged one is a little bit creepy and yeah. I'm not a fan of taking away jobs. But this case has AI revealing the colorful first word of an ancient scroll that was torched by Mount Vesuvius. So these are very, very fragile. You can't read them. You open them up. They crumble apart, right? The eruption of Mount Vesuvius, one of the most dramatic natural disasters in recorded history. So many of the actual records from that moment are inaccessible. They had papyrus scrolls located nearby in Pompeii and Herculaneum, and they were almost instantly scorched by this volcanic blast and then buried under pumice and ash. In 1752, back in 1752, (laughs) excavators uncovered about 800 carbonized scrolls. But researchers have been unable to really read any of them because they're so fragile. But On October 12th, organizers behind the Vesuvius Challenge, which is a machine learning project trying to decode the physically inaccessible library... That sounds like a
0: TikTok challenge for teenagers. It's the Vesuvius Vesuvius Challenge. Challenge.
1: (laughs) They offered a major announcement. An AI program uncovered the first word in one of the relics after analyzing and identifying its incredibly tiny residual ink elements. The word is is not something i can pronounce because it's a language that i don't know but it's it's porphyrous or purple for those who can't speak greek but it it's i guess it's written in greek so i'm looking at a, an alphabet that i don't understand in english it's written porphyrous or purple right. identifying the word for an everyday color might not sound groundbreaking they say again with popular science but the uncovery of purple already has experts intrigued They're very interested in that word because they say it wasn't terribly common to find in these documents. This word, they say, is the first dive in an unopened ancient book, evocative of royalty, wealth, even mockery. So um, it's interesting to see what else they'll find now as technology gets better and better. And I'm glad they didn't try to open these and ruin them and crumble them so that maybe just maybe we'll be able to see something in there
0: i feel like the ai is going to take on the job of like you know when you start something and you just kind of like get bored and run out Mm -hmm. of interest and it's like this is too hard this is too difficult that's where ai will be like don't worry i got this i got this yeah
1: i got this all well here's a papyrus expert tells the new york times recovering such a library would transform our knowledge of the ancient world in ways we can hardly imagine. The impact could be as great as the rediscovery of manuscripts during the Renaissance. So they're thinking AI could not only help with scrolls like this that look burned beyond recognition, but other things that we've had trouble reading and deciphering. But the question I have is, is it going to be really looking at word for word what was said? Or is it AI filling in the gaps for us, so they can't read the word, but they can extrapolate what it might say. Because Guessing. I don't want to know what it might say; I want to know what it does say, right?
0: Although, if you have the guesses, a human can review it. Just kind of like the medical use yeah. of AI, it's like we can flag it for human review. Um, right. I wonder if the in the future, if the AI is going to say like, "Oh, this burnt document is from the PG and E era
1: <laughs> of California." Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
0: Too soon?
1: Yeah. No, Uh, I don't think it's too soon.
0: You want to start a new segment, right? Uh, You want to tell us what this is about?
1: I do want to start. Is it okay? But did you give your thumbs up of approval of it? I don't think you need my
0: approval. You're I think
1: I do. It's a code. We're a team. I'm all
0: about experimentation. Let's try it.
1: All right. Well, let's just have a group session here because I kind of want to start a new segment called Class Dismissed, where the stories that we will do like two or three stories that are education related. Okay. Or it doesn't have to be called Class Dismissed. It could be called anything education-related, really. Do you like it or no?
0: I don't want it to be called anything education-related, but I'll go with Class Dismissed. (laughs) And maybe we'll get, like, a, a a school bell sound effect.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm looking. It doesn't uh, you guys might not have Our an production on this. is
0: very casual if you haven't noticed.
1: Yeah, you uh, were Anyway, has taken this is my idea for... in me
0: to accept because I'm usually the opposite like the anal retentive production. Lori gives version. me a thumbs up. She's down okay.
1: with it with the with the class dismissed. All right. So, let's talk about this first story I found. Okay. A teacher has resigned over giving melatonin gummies to special ed students. This happened, yep, oh, at Pine Forest no. Elementary School. Like, they didn't have CBD in them, and they didn't have other stuff in them, but the problem is, consent? you might think melatonin. <laughs> oh, yes, consent. That's a big <laughs> one. But also, there's no, um, when it, you talk about melatonin, it, it sounds like it's not so bad. it's a serious, it's
0: a serious thing.
1: Well, there's no, um, uh, what is it? you know, doctor recommended amount for children. So we don't know how much is okay, how little is okay, if any is okay. This Pine Forest Elementary kindergarten teacher gave melatonin gummies to special education students in Humble, Texas, and has now resigned. She gave them to a few of her students. The district learned of it September 28th. They say melatonin is a widely available over-the-counter sleeping aid considered a dietary supplement. It is not regulated by the FDA. But a school district investigation found the teacher did give out melatonin acting on her own without getting any parent permission. Mm, That's right. The teacher also did not notify campus administration or the school nurse either. You can't and even give so,
0: kids, like, them um, right, without permission? Were,
1: I had to write a note saying it was okay to put yeah. sunscreen on my kid, on my, my yeah, yeah, toddler yeah, 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 yeah. on the playground. And they're very particular. So this so is the beyond... School, the school district says the teacher's actions were unacceptable. We are appalled that the teacher made this decision. All the students are doing well. They're all fine. The parents yeah, of the asleep. students in the class were notified. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Um... Terminating the teacher's contract, they said, can be a long, drawn-out process uh, because the state education code requires a multi-step process to be followed. So the resignation of this teacher makes it a quick matter done. She's out. Lori says, you can't give kids anything in California. I was told I can't even put antibiotic ointment on a cut, even though there's a kit with it in class. Right.
0: Yeah, she's even, like one step yeah. away from like giving these kids a shot of whiskey. No. Yeah. No.
1: No. No can do. So busted. <laughs> Apparently, that's not going to work. So she's uh she's gone. I got another one for you. Uh, this one is about... Oh, we're changing
0: to our next class. What
1: A hairstyle. Second period. Go ahead. Here, here
0: you go. Carry on, uh, my friend. <laughs> yeah, we have this story <laughs> here. Uh, I want to get you the photo of... You remember, there's a black Texas high school student who's been suspended for more than a month over his yeah. length of his locks hairstyle. He's been referred to an alternative school, according to a notice sent to his mother from his high school principal and obtained by CNN. Daryl George, the most eight-
1: ridiculous thing. Of course, Go to an alternative high school because of your hairstyle, please.
0: Daryl George, 18, will be placed in a disciplinary alternative education program, um, also known as an alternative school, through November 29th. The letter signed by Barbers Hill High School Principal Lance Murphy cites violations for multiple infractions of campus and classroom rules, including disruption of the ISS classroom, failure to comply with directives from staff and administration. So there's other stuff going on here. A violation Mm -hmm. of tardy policy. Um, You know that one. Mm -hmm. and violation of the dress and grooming (laughs) policy. (laughs) As the school principal, I have determined that your child has engaged in chronic or repeated disciplinary infractions that violate the district's previously communicated standards of student contact. So this decision was sent to George uh, to send George to an alternative school. It's the latest escalation in a legal fight over whether or not the teenager's locks hairstyle, which often... Where he wears in a in braids or in a ponytail is a violation of the school district's dress code. So it seems like a lot of different issues here are being conflated. Mm-hmm. But the the hair alone, obviously, that's ridiculous, and that's that that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the case.
1: No, if it's only the hair, leave that kid alone. Right, Let but the obviously they said, they said yeah. there's
0: other stuff going on here. It's it, yeah. there's a disciplinary problem, disruption in the classroom, not complying with mm-hmm. directives. So. Um, It seems like it's all kind of being mixed together, but um, no bueno when you bring in the hair. It's like, no, no, no. no. Then it becomes like a racist thing.
1: Can we celebrate this teacher who's been teaching for longer than I've been alive? We can celebrate any teacher. Thank you. Paul Durietz is 76 years old. He started a job in Chicago in a Chicago suburb in 1970. Wow. He stages U.S. Civil War-themed days, um, mock political school elections, When he taught his first high school studies class, Richard Nixon had yet to resign as U.S. president. The American military was at war in Vietnam. The Beatles were still together. And Pele just captured his third soccer World Cup title. Durietz, they say, according to The Guardian, has educated students through a lot of history since then. He now has the Guinness World Record for the longest career as a social studies teacher to show for it. He is from Gurney, Illinois, again, 76 years old. He tells uh, Guinness Book of World Records, um, they have a database of more than 40,000 world records, that his story is a testament about the good that can come if people keep working on what they love to do in life. Yeah, he says his parents' lineages actually are what sparked his interest in history and social studies. His dad fought in the Battle of the Bulge during the Second World War and earned a Purple Heart Medal for his service. And he was captivated by his dad's stories of going into German bunkers and finding helmets, Luger pistols and uniforms. His mom was a relative of England's Earl of Pembroke. And so he was fascinated with the Middle Ages and world wars and all of these things. So he got this job teaching and he loved it and he's been doing it, I mean, He could have retired years ago, but he just kept going because he loved it so much. He has been uh, able to mentor more than 20 fellow social studies teachers. Uh, He's, again, staged days themed after the U.S. Civil War. He's held mock political elections at schools. He's held geography contests exposing his students to subjects which aren't apparently, you know, taught to a lot of people. He said the thought of imparting knowledge to younger generations still motivates him to come to work. And he said his morale was boosted even more when a former student once wrote him an email saying that his engaging teaching style inspired the former student to pursue a career in education as well. So nice. well I done. can't imagine doing yeah. a job
0: that long. But I guess if it's going to be a job, that it's got to be something where you're that passionate about it. Yeah, uh, it has to be. After about three years, I get the itch sayonara that's it that's how long
1: the after party is going (laughs) to last
0: well generally i'm just looking at it on your calendar now history (laughs) it's like after about three years that's when it starts like yeah like moving on
1: oh you're Um, so funny i worked at kgo for 22 years can you believe Well, i did work
0: at kgo multiple times last time it probably would have lasted three years but i didn't have the chance it only lasted like a year and a half um and, and, and in the, my first tour of duty, it was like I had actually, I had different jobs. So, yeah. But I was Jean's producer for three years and I moved on. I worked at an IT job for three years. I moved on. CSU system, three years. I moved on. So I see a pattern.
1: So 2026, the after party, that's the shelf life.
0: The, and then it's the after after party.
1: <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> well, we want to say oh. thank you uh, to a bunch of people, right?
1: We do. We want to say thank you to flow flow for $10 super sticker flow you're super awesome and Harry you're also super awesome Uh, Harry writes thank you for a great program well thank you for being here and helping us make it a a great program we We also want to thank
0: our new contributor Elizabeth R thank you Elizabeth and ongoing contributors Donald S Rachel C Laura W Sarah K Allison A and Harry M we could not do it without you each and every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. So thank you for being here with us. We have some great stories on tap for tomorrow. Did you know that potato chips can be as addictive as, like, hard drugs?
0: Ooh, I'm I know. intrigued. That's All a that good and more
1: tomorrow on the After Party Live. Have a great afternoon, everybody.
0: Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye.